going to start in uh, five seconds. Okay. All right. This is the Simple Joe Show podcast. We are in the Simple Joe studio, and I have my fair selection of uh, bourbon and uh, my mini fridge filled with uh, nice cold beers. So if you do my podcast, that's what you can look forward to. And uh, I have a fantastic guest in front of me. And that is Jason Filan Mears, one of the guys that uh, there's very few that go into the scene and just like fucking right off the bat. They're just not hitting home runs, but they're definitely hitting triples. <laughs> and it's like, nice. where the fuck did this guy come from? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're very kind. Thank what's you. going on right now? Like, <laughs> this is this is crazy. Thank you. So tell the people a little bit about your background. OK, so, yeah, it's uh and I don't mean to correct you, but it's Jason Filan Mars. It's it's okay. It's Mars. Oh, it's okay. Damn. It's okay. okay. Mars. Yeah. You know that's it's closer than most people get, so no big deal. So uh, yeah, so I was a uh, college English and public speaking professor for 16 years. I worked at uh, local, mostly community colleges: Oakland Community College, Macomb Community College. Uh, got out of it. I just. The students were, we got to the point where I just didn't feel, I felt like I had done it. I don't want to be, you know, the stereotype cliche that they weren't listening, that they're bad, they're millennials or whatever, but it's just the things had changed and I felt like there's nothing more I could really do. So I got out of it and unfortunately fell into a pretty severe depression and it was my, uh, my wife that told me, we'd always been big comedy fans, we always went to shows, my wife said, you know get out there, take, take one of the comedy class and see what it does to help you start socializing again. So I did, I took Bill Bouchard's class, loved it. Uh, I think the thing that I loved the most was instead of being a teacher, I was a student again. And mm-hmm. I love that. Right. And, uh, so getting up on the stage was not a, really a big deal for me because I had been doing it for 16 years. So a lot of the skills do transfer. I'm also a writer. I've been writing for a long time. I'm, I'm a, uh, published author and a, a paid screenwriter. Um, a little bit about that. So a few years back, I had a lot of my uh, movie ideas floating around Hollywood, as everybody does. Somebody finally bid on one, and they didn't want to actually make that movie. They wanted me to make a write a movie for them. It was a producer who's based in Greece, but also has a spot in L.A. So I did that, and I continued to write movies. But the the comedy thing... Um, it was was a good release for me. It was a good way to socialize. The thing I've liked about it by far, and you can probably relate to this because you're part of this, is just the people that you meet. And we just saw two of them here that just left. That's the the, the most fun I have hanging out with the other comedians because everybody's got a cool story, different ages, different genders, different backgrounds. And what I really love is during all that social time, I never hear anybody trash anybody else in terms of like those of us that are at this level, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I really, really like that. I, I love the camaraderie. I love the, you know, the war stories that we're all developing together. Then as far as the comedy itself, I had a lot of ideas because I think that I've always in the back of my mind thought this was something I've been wanting to do. So I've kind of been writing ideas down for a while. So thank you for your compliment. That's very kind. I've been yeah, doing, sure. my, doing my best and, uh, Falling flat sometimes, like all of us, but uh, you know, yeah, thank you. Uh, hitting uh, triple—that's this is the last thing I'll, I'll get you, let you get get back in here. One of the things I think that slowed me down a little bit in teaching and writing and in comedy 
is I, you know, in all of those things, you have to take small steps in order to get to where you, you need to be. But I always skip over that and I just swing for the fences every time. I'm like, well, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail huge. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> what I like. So yeah, that's sort of, that's, that's my story. I said the triple because there's always uh, room for improvement and it's totally. not a home run and it's not a grand slam. Exactly. Exactly. It's and like, I, it's right there. <laughs> exactly. I don't know when you can say that you've done that. I mean, maybe if you're filling arenas like Kevin Hart or something, I don't know, but, yeah. um, but, but even those guys, you know, you, you hear interviews with them and they're like, man, I, I missed this. I didn't do that. Right. I, I should have done this. And right. You know, they're, they're even those guys, the, the ones that you think, Oh, well they got no worries in the world. Right. They just sold out three straight shows at Madison Square Garden. Ridiculous. They can't, they can't be, you know, down on themselves. No, they are. Exactly. They're usually probably, st- there's a documentary on Netflix that everyone should uh, check out. Every one of my fans. I, I've got about two fans, but I'm working on three. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Jerry Seinfeld's Comedian. Okay. And it's an older one. It's probably from maybe 2001, 2002 or it's about, so. It's about him, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and what he does after shows. And it's uh, it's really cool. It's insightful. It's, it's basically a vlog before there was ever a vlog. Right. Like now... We can get the weirdest information, like how I know how Burt Kreischer cuts his beard <laughs> right? because of fucking Instagram. Right. Exactly. You'd never know that back when that documentary yeah. came out. Everything's connected. You, you're getting information constantly, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. I love that too. I love uh, keeping up with where, who are you? Some, some of your favorite comics oh, that you oh, really follow. Oh, guys, he's turning the interview back on me. So, okay, that's cool. No, People I'm want just, to hear from I, you, too. I, I'm just joking around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Some of my favorites, uh, see, it's weird because I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan, but not his stage. Like, right. not not his comedy per se. Yeah. A lot of his older bits were pretty good, um, but his, his podcast is just fucking killer. I agree. I, I fucking love it, um, and I'm, I'm fully supportive of his whole system totally. and his whole thing. Um, Tom Segura is another, yeah. another one. Um, let's see some ones from New York, Mark Norman. Yeah. He is just a fucking joke machine and he's kind of, I feel like he's on the, on the borderline yeah. of like, you know, he's too jokey. Like yeah. he always has a line, a line, a line. Yeah. You look at his Twitter, he might have on an average day, six tweets and they're all great jokes. Right. I know. I don't understand how, how does it comes that, from. Yeah, it's weird. It's like those jokes are, they exist out there in the ether somewhere, and he's just plucking them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always wonder, too, like, what's going to, there's so many of us doing this. Are we going to run out of jokes one day? But we're not, because there's so mm-hmm. much, the, the world is so fucking weird right now, and strange, and bad, and good. There's always going to be something to make fun of, fortunately, for us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I feel like it's out there, and maybe you guys could look it up, but um, it's uh, it's the... A combination of letters in the alphabet, how they can be done the different way. Okay. To make a word. Oh yeah. You know, and it's and, and they say it's virtually infinite. I forget what that's called. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's it's just it, it's such a long alphabet. Right. But that's true. Getting back to um, your writing, mm-hmm. so you like that structure of a screenplay or, or not play? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Like, like a screen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, screenplay. Yeah, that's a great question. I wrote fiction before that, and I still do. And, and I, I've always heard people say that, well, screenplays are too, too structured. As it turns out, that's exactly what I needed. I needed to be reeled in because I, 
and you put stuff in front of me, I just throw everything at the canvas at once. I do that with everything in my life, including comedy. And then I try to figure it out later. Whereas a screenplay was saying like, <clears throat> it's not as restrictive as people think, but it's basically saying, okay, there's, you're going to have to, you know, color within these lines. And once I started doing that, then it took off. Then it was actually a lot easier because I felt like I was just creating a little bit and it was more about putting the, the puzzle together than it was of like writing these long, <clears throat> wrong, long narratives. So uh, just getting eight from A to B to C. And actually that's, that's hindered me a little bit in comedy because I feel like sometimes when I'm writing jokes, I write them in outline form. When I, when I do them in person, they feel to me like lists, like, Hey, there's this, this, and this, ha ha. Whereas I'm trying to get away from that a little bit, but the hard habit to break, but I'll, I'll get there. Right. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely victim of it. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you've heard it before the, the hat trick joke. Yeah. Um, where I say I jerk off three times in a day and I call that a hat trick right? because it's hard to do in, in, in one day. <laughs> totally. But, um, but it's, it's almost picture perfect of what the structure of a joke is. Right. It's exactly. like, here's this, here's this, there's the punch set up, set, you know, yeah. punch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and it's literally in threes. <laughs> so exactly guys, what I'm saying right now is that I'm a hack. I'm sorry to say, but uh, you know you're not getting the best work out of out of this guy. <laughs> uh, what, what do you what do you think you have to do yourself to get around that? If you, if that's how you feel, well, I don't know if I need to get around it. I just think that there's, um, I just need to keep writing. Yeah, you know, I just need to keep doing it. I, I take the advice from an experienced comic, a guy that's been doing it for 25 years, and his name's Joey Diaz. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And he says in his podcast, if you're going to start doing comedy, the first two years, just write jokes. Right. Don't care about what they say. Don't care about what you're doing. Just keep up, keep going up there and keep writing jokes. If you got ones that fail, ones that work, cool. Right. But just keep writing jokes. Yeah. Just keep doing it. Keep producing material. Right. Yeah. And then you have like an embarrassment of riches because then you have so many. And that's a great problem to have because it's like... You can rotate them in and, you know, see how they work with other jokes. And sometimes it's hard, though, and you know this, because you go to an open mic and you go there with best intentions. And there's either no crowd or the crowd, like, didn't really know there was a comedy show that night. Right, right. Uh, I've I've found that when when crowds are not engaged, they're not necessarily abusive or rude. They're just kind of there. So they're uh-huh. not you're not getting a lot of feedback from them, but... I mean, within that, you still have to kind of maybe look at them. Did, did somebody smile? I've seen people like shake their heads disapprovingly at things. Yeah. But it's still a reaction. So it's something. I know they're listening at least, uh-huh. you know. I've, I've learned <laughs> rebounds yeah, because how, of that. How's yeah. that? Well, well it's kind of like uh, if I do like a porn joke mm-hmm. and no one laughs, I'll go, guess what? All of you are fucking liars because you all watch porn. Right. And then they're like, oh, and then they laugh. And then they're like, oh, they're talking about me. Like right. I should be more involved. Cause at so that I, second they were actually thinking about porn. And you just called them out on it. Cause of course they were, Yeah, you uh-huh. know, cause you talked about it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I have those ones just in the, it, but it, it, it's kind of creates bad habits in a weird way, but I don't know. I guess I'm overthinking it, but oh, it's, it's understandable. Yeah. Uh, have, what have you, have you had a, uh, what was your biggest, because I, I want to tell my, but what, what's been your worst or most memorable bomb? Like you just uh-huh. stunk the place up. Do you, is there anything particular that oh, sticks out? 100%. 100%. <clears throat> yeah. um, but I ended up getting sort of a good story out of it. Yeah. Um, Tony Roney's. Okay. 
it's Starters Bar and Grill. Uh, it's in Southfield. It's sort of on the edge of Detroit. <laughs> and uh, they have this room there. It's a bar and restaurant on the other side. But on the other side, they have a locked door with a person um, charging to get in the door. Okay. So it's like actually a legit comedy club. Okay. Um, but it, like I said, it's in the heart of Detroit. It's not in the heart of Detroit, but it's like in a bad area. Right. It, you would probably be the only white guy there. Okay. Or maybe two others. Okay, yeah. Everyone's black. Okay. And you're in this locked room. Okay. There's no cell signal. Okay. No escape. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's as a, as a, as a suburban white guy, like I am, I grew up in Sterling. I grew up in the same city that I bought this house. Okay. So I haven't moved. Okay. And that's a little unnerving. So unnerving that the guy that I was with, that he also grew up in, in my area. Yeah. He left. Really? Yeah. He texted me all caps. He goes, we have to leave. Really? We have to leave. Yeah. He goes, we have to leave now. He grabs my car and then I Uber home. Was there something specific about, was it other than the environment? Did somebody say something to him or? No, he, he's just kind of one of those sensitive white guys that sure. are just, uh, Gets a little if, nervous. if he feels outnumbered, he's like, well, I'd rather be on the safe side than risk my, my whatever. Yeah. But to me, I'm looking at this place and I'm like, there's a stage, there's a mic. Right. You know, huge opportunity too. Exactly. You it's know? it's like when you first go out with a girl, you don't care where you're at. You're at Target, right? Going down the fucking sock aisle, right? Where it doesn't matter, doesn't matter where you are, exactly. As long as you're with her, yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing with comedy. Yeah, that's a good. I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. And and so he doesn't see that. He's just like, this is risky. I <laughs> I can't do it. So he leaves. I get up there and I and I go up right after Josh Adams. Okay. So Josh Adams is a fu- guys for don't that don't know Josh Adams in the Metro Detroit area oh, is like one of the best. Yeah, he is. I was lucky enough to do uh, open mic with him once, and he was so he was so good. Yeah, such a great personality uh-huh. and uh, so relaxed, so in charge. Uh-huh. So so you had to follow that. Yeah. So I followed that <laughs> in an environment that was it was terrible. So and Josh yeah. had just torn it up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And I had a, a terrible joke about. Um, dog, the bounty hunter okay. wife, uh-huh. I forget her name, but, uh, Lisa, no, that was her, that was the daughter. She died. Re- the wife re- died. The wife. Recently. Yeah. She yeah. Died, yeah. Okay. So you were hitting on that. Yeah. 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 So I was <laughs> okay. like, yeah, she, did you guys hear that she just died recently? And I was in the punch was, man, I'm going to miss those tits because they were so big. <laughs> <laughs> they and, were, and, yeah, they were huge. And there was some comic in the back that yelled, what'd that mean? Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife. Right. And yeah, it was just So you got were, off. right then you were hurting. Did the yeah. crowd turn on you at all? Not really. They were just silent, which is yeah. sometimes worse. Oh, so much worse. Yeah. I did the, uh, <clears throat> if it, there could, it's possible that somebody listening to this may have been here this night, but I was at the uh, the Tiki Bar in Walled Lake that Tom Swan runs, and he does a great job. It's about three weeks ago, and I've done that. That's like the scripted one, kind of, right? Um, like you have to say certain things. You can't. Uh, he's got a really couple. Swear, he's got yeah. a couple rules. Yeah, he just has a couple rules about. Um, I think the, the his rule that he says is no uh, pedophile jokes, no rape jokes, and no uh, like religious jokes. I think it is, but I usually don't hit on much of that anyway. So, but I done that room a lot, and it did really well. And it's a cool room because um, have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Okay. I've seen tons of pictures, but yeah, Okay, yes. No, that's yeah. right. So it's in a separate room, 
with a door. So they, they actually draw people. So there's a lot of people in there. <clears throat> and Tom has, like, obviously the MC gets 10 minutes. I've MC'd there, too. Did fine. And then he also has a spot at the very end for 10 minutes. So I signed up for that. <clears throat> and I went up there. And it was exactly what you just said. I mean, it was it was silence. But, you know, people say, like, oh, crickets, you know. There were no crickets, man. The crickets were silent. It was so... Oh, God. It was so, like, people that were there will tell their grandkids about this. Because it was... I did everything that I could do, and it w- there was there was literally no sound. For- it was like somebody paid them ahead of time and said, look, if you don't make a sound, I'll give you $1,000. And then 10 minutes was up, and it was over. And I, and I, I just I tr- I took it like you know like a man, and I said, I thank the audience. And then I everyone else was kind of looking at each other like, what the hell just happened? You could feel it in the air. Like, everybody was really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously that hurt. But then two days later, I did the same jokes in Flint, and they were great. So... We all fall flat on our face, you know, and that's all good. But uh-huh. uh, it was just weird. It was I was more stunned than I was upset. I just not even like a throat clearing or like uh-huh. a cough. Literally nothing for ten minutes. And what's the last time anybody has stayed silent for ten minutes? You know what I mean? Like right. you go to the movies and people can't. You know they got to talk. So yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird too if you ask a couple of them uh, what you thought about the show, and some some of them will actually be like, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. And that's like, you didn't, you, there was no peep out of you. <laughs> right. Did you, do you know where you're going? Yeah. Like you're here to laugh, right? Right. Like, exactly. What, what, what is going on here? Exactly. Yeah. It's a strange, but, uh, uh, Justin DeVozo, he, we did a show at, uh, at a bar and he was scheduled for 20 minutes. Ooh, that's a, that's a lot. When you're, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He, he's been doing it for like five years or so. So he, he, he could handle okay, it. He can do it then. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't hitting anything and the sound was terrible. It wasn't carrying. I mean, guys were going up there screaming and no one could hear him. Oh. I don't know why. Um, it's like a fucking dead zone. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he, he goes up there and says a couple jokes and does five minutes gets off. Ooh. He's like, it wasn't hitting the one he, he did his closer at the end like at the end of the five minutes like early (laughs) so he's like done yeah he's like that was my best joke this works everywhere right this these people are fucking they're in the grave right Right. now like they don't have a pulse i can understand i mean i when you when you like when you start up and you know you're not getting the laughs and you also know that they're not going to laugh Mm -hmm. i understand that like it's like fuck this you want to quit yeah so i mean you know i don't know that i would do that but i understand you know i totally understand and, you know, the thing about those mics, which is so cool, is you're going to learn something no matter what. Uh-huh. You might learn something about the audience. You might learn something from the MC or the other comedians. But I try to always stay, even if I go first, I, I try because I want to see the other comedians. I want to support them. Yeah. And I'm always going home with knowledge, you know, always. Yeah. You know, so. Do you, do you journal afterwards? Uh, sort of, yeah. I kind of, I kind of keep a log of which mics I've gone to and how many I've gone to. Maybe a quick note about how I did. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I, I should do it a lot more than I do. It's kind of like cleaning your room. Yeah, I know. You feel so much better after you're done, but it's <laughs> just doing it. That's exactly like, right. Yeah. Sometimes and, it can be just pulling teeth, but you just feel so much better afterwards. You're you like, do. Right. It's good to have something to look back and see. Now, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, since June or July. 
Okay. Yeah. And you not did that you, long. Did I, I know I've asked you this before. Did you take the classes or no? Nope. No. Okay. No. Nope. So you just kind of went out without it. Yeah. I uh, I had Adam on the podcast twice, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to start opening up rooms." And I'm okay. like, "All right, I'll follow your lead." Cool. Sign me up for every every mic you got. Yeah. I, I like I'm that. just going to go up. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I I'll be fucking terrible, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. You know. Well, yeah. yeah swing. It's baby steps always. Yeah. Do you think you would at some point take them, or do you do you think? I don't point. know. I, see that—that's the thing. Like, I, I take so much advice from from uh, um, talented, uh, experienced comics. Yeah, and they say that those classes are basically for other experienced comics to pocket money. Oh, really? That's that how they see it. That it, that if you really want to learn about structure, right? Just get a book. Yeah, I think just both, get a comedy book. Yeah, I think both things can be true. I think that you can learn without them. I, and I think I know plenty of people have, I, I remember seeing, uh, I don't know if you know, Kyle Forsyth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I asked him what his journey has been because he opened for Dave Landau on New Year's Eve at one night stands. thought this is a guy I got to talk to. And he didn't take the classes either. So I certainly don't think it's required, but I, I, yeah, there, there is some valuable stuff there. I mean, for someone who's never done it, like in, in Bill's class, <clears throat> the entire class is essentially stage. Like you're going up on stage. He'll teach you microphone etiquette and all that, but you're going up every single time. Whereas with Joel's class, it's more about the business. And then each week you do like field trip, almost uh, open mics where he goes too. And to his credit, he goes up as well. And it's great. He gives you an evaluation Pointers. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand why some some people don't do it. I'm sure a lot of the people that are really successful uh, haven't. So that's the that's the finisher of what I was what what my thought was is that if you want stage time. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Buy it because exactly. they're going to get you up. Yeah. They're yeah. going to get you on the mic totally. on the stage and just totally. exercising it. Totally. Um, let's see. Should we switch gears here or. Sure. Um, OK, so I haven't really said this on the podcast yet, and you're kind of warmed up a little bit. Sure. We've, we've heard your beginning story and stuff like that, so I feel like this is a good spot to yeah. place it in. Um, I went to Creeps with Kids uh, over at the Emerald Theater in uh, Mount Clemens. Okay. Not usually my neck of the woods. I usually don't go out, go out there, and it's kind of like a, it's a weird theater. Okay. It's, old, it's really old. Creeps with Kids? Creeps with Kids. The what reason is- why they call it that is okay. because they're all older guys. Okay. And they say perverted jokes, but all of them have kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, But just great guys that did it. And they were just such sweethearts when when I went to go meet them. And and, uh, um, I BSed with them. And, you know, when I go to a comedy show, I don't know about you, but when I I go, I usually try to have an educated thing to ask them. Oh, yeah. And to be like, like to turn their head to be like, how the fuck did you know? How do you know that? Totally. Yeah. Just because everyone's like, oh my God, I love the show. I love the podcast. Everyone's going to say that. Of course. No, he, they don't give a fuck. Like right. you, you got to get him something that's like they can grab onto. And they like know? that too. I mean, they want to be, you know, approached in that way. Right. Well, I hope so. Yeah. yeah I, I'm the same way. I, I always, yeah. uh, even, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm not above being like a fanboy like oh my god i can't believe that's you know whoever yeah but yeah I, I get my shit together and i go and talk to them and what do, what have you learned from from doing that um it, it's just kind of like uh just having good questions you yeah. know i had uh i went to ann arbor this is how crazy of a comedy fan i am i'll tell you this, this right now uh, uh steve kaz and Bilal Swain were here and they're uh, making fun of my wall because <laughs> i have comics i have local comics on yeah, my wall right 
and I know the a lot of these guys. Yeah. And Steve Kaz was like, if I saw a picture of me on your wall, and you know me, that'd be fucking weird. And I was like, I don't care. I'm a fucking fan of comedy. I like that yeah. shit. I'm going to put a picture of Steve Kaz on my wall. So yeah, right. About yeah. I love that dude. I'll put a picture of him up there. See my wall of love. I'll put him and Adam and everybody else over there. On there <laughs> right. See what they think about that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I went to Ann Arbor. Okay. And from here, that's about an hour away. Right. So you can't really get an Uber. It's not really yeah. smart to get an Uber. No, you're pretty much driving. So I got a motel. Okay. Yeah, one Smart. of those ones where the door opens and you're already outside. You know, one of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't turn on the heat either. Yeah. The outdoor hallways is that uh-huh. like yeah exactly where like mur- it seemed like murders take place at those kinds of motels as opposed to the indoor ones. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah probably on all the action movies and they're just like. <laughs> Fuck it, we got a room. We're gonna pay cash. If you're getting stalked, that's you go there and they find <laughs> <Right>. you. <laughs> so, so they didn't turn the heat on. Yeah. You oh were, no, no, yeah. no, no. Because there's no plumbing, like in there. You know, because they now they have the the electrical uh, for for the heating for the for the shower. Okay. So they don't have to turn on any of the heat for any of the rooms. Oh. So they're like, well, fuck it. We're gonna save money if of we're course. not gonna sell the room. Why would you not? They yeah. had the whole. They had the old key. You know, the old, like, Actual metal key? key. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That's what they gave me with, like, the room number and a big keychain. <laughs> this was in Ann Arbor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I went there, and I saw Andrew, or I saw Eddie Ift. Okay. Um, Eddie Ift has a bus, and he renovated it. He spent $30,000, <laughs> and he shelled out every, or he, uh, he took out everything. He ripped out all the seats and everything. And it's all like leather, and it's got couches, and he does cool. his podcast in the back. Okay. His catch is, hey, you want to do my podcast? Cool. I'll meet you at your house. We'll do it outside <laughs> your house, be in my bus. Cool. That's really neat. How cool is that? That is. That's awesome. Yeah. You don't have to travel at all. Great for L.A. because of the traffic. Right. But um, uh, so I met him, and I was like, hey, what should I do about my podcast? How should I get my podcast bigger? Right. And all that. Yeah. You know? Because I told him the whole story about his bus, and he was amazed. He was like, how did you know all this shit about my podcast? Right. He's like, I'm a fan. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but he's like, you should, you should always have the guy that you do it with share it to their story on Instagram. Okay. And then also, when you, when you post on Facebook, tag his name. Okay. So then they know. You know, it, it traces back. And yeah, right. That makes whatever. sense. And I... You know, and then that's that's just a little key of advice, you know. Yeah. He didn't have to say that, you know, and sure. And uh I forget I forget what, what I was getting at, but um yeah, I've I've just always been a fan of uh of comedy and, and just um we went to Buffalo. Me and my me and my roommate. Okay. We traveled to Buffalo. We went through Canada and we got a hotel, we saw Joe Rogan. Oh nice. Yeah. Is that the, that's probably like the closest he came. Oh, he did he came to Detroit, time. didn't he? He came to Detroit recently, I think. Me, my cousin, and my sister went. Okay, so uh-huh. you're saying this was a little while ago. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't mind to travel. I really don't. And and that Eddie F show, I saw by myself. You? Oh, did you? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. It's just whatever. I always like to have people with me. If they can't go, that's I'll go. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. miss it. Oh, that's my point. Okay, so <laughs> uh, the crazy night that I had at the Emerald Theater. Okay. It was... It's one of my best memories right now. It really is. Um, it's it was such a fun night. So we we go or I go to this bar right next to the place. Okay. Right after I take the picture and everything, and I'm drinking still. I drank the 
pretty much the whole day. Metal boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not like you. I, I, I give in to everyone. To all of it. If I, if I know I'm safe. No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If I know I have a ride, yeah. if I know everything's good. It's no, whatever. I like that. That's a good, that's a good attitude for sure. So I met with these two girls. They were getting picked on the whole time. Okay. In the front row. They were like, Oh, uh, Jim Florentine was up on stage and he was like, Hey, these two girls, they're the only ones here. I can't believe they're sitting in the front row. Right. And everyone starts laughing, whatever. Yeah. So I was talking to them that were made fun of at the show okay. after the show. <laughs> so then they're like, yeah, we don't know what to do. We got the whole day and all that stuff. And they're like, uh, you want to go to Royal Oak? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, are you going to pay for the Uber? They're like, yeah, <laughs> well, we got you. So we, so we go in, into the Uber. We go all the way to Royal Oak. It's kind of far. From, from Ann Arbor? From Mount, uh, Mount Clemens. Oh, for you in Mount Clemens. Okay. Yeah, oh, this yeah. is Sorry, the Sorry, switching up. That's okay. Yeah. This is the, the kids. The, the creeps with the kids. The creeps with kids. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a hike. Yeah. So we're going in there and I'm just, I'm unleashing. I told this to my buddies. <laughs> I was like, I can, the good thing about meeting up with other people that you don't know is that you can give the greatest hits. Oh, totally. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's, Do you know what your greatest hits are? Totally. Like your greatest stories? Totally. You're like, my friends that's have heard so, these stories so many fucking times yep. and they're so sick of it. But now that I have fresh ears. I love that. Oh, it's, it's so, so perfect. true. Oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like getting a, a fresh a plate at the fresh buffet, you know, like yeah. it's all right there on the plate. All uh-huh. you got to do is serve it. Yeah. And, and so you're like, you, I know I could do this one and this one and right. this one. And, and this so did one. you bust them out? Oh, 100% all night. It was perfect. Right. right. Um, the older one liked me, which kind of sucked because she was married. She had like four kids. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the younger one was just like, she wasn't having it, <laughs> but we go with, uh, so Mr. B's in Royal Oak. Yep. Been there many times. Has a back place mm-hmm. that you can go in. Okay. Behind mm-hmm. it. And it's behind their coolers and behind everything else. Okay. You have to, you, you have to strum the guitar here. <laughs> Sorry guys. That's... Um, I, you have to ring the doorbell and then you have to say a key word. Really? Yeah. Speakeasy or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's similar to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're ordering drinks left and right. And I don't know what the fuck I'm ordering and all that. (laughs) I leave and I, I, I tell them (laughs) that the bar tab was $125. Okay. With tip and everything. Right. And to see the look on their face, they're like, what the fuck did you just do? We can't. Why'd you spend all that? We're strangers. You don't know us. Why the fuck would you spend that? You're a fucking idiot. But I knew in the back of my head that I had him in the ball. Like I had, the ball was in my court. Now. Sure. Cause then they're going to buy me drinks all night because right. I spent so much now. Oh, all right. So there it, it is. Work to my advantage. Wow. That's, yeah. I would never think to do that. Yeah. That's but really smart. It was, it was, it was, I laughed so hard when just to see the look on their face. Oh, like, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> So we get to the one of the bars, and uh, I talked to this one chick, and it was one of those times where you're on a whole nother level, yeah. And she's like way down here because she had like two beers, right? And you're just it just didn't work, yeah. And yeah. I'm convinced, I really am convinced that I because I have the link of my podcast, okay, on on my Instagram. Right. I'm so convinced that girls go on my Instagram, they search. My podcast, yeah. listen to it, and you're like, fuck this guy. He's talking about like jacking off and <laughs> coming in weird places. And right. I'm so convinced that that's what's happening. Why, what just, makes you think that? Because I just talk about the weirdest shit. Right. So you think they they seek it out and listen to it, then they're like, this guy's, this guy's way crazier than us. Like, <laughs> right. this, guy's, this guy's on another level. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just like kiss of death when it comes to that. No, it's those are those are legit topics. You know what yeah. I mean? Everybody likes to talk about that stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. if it's on a podcast or or not, you know, stuff tends to come up once in a while. Excuse the pun. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's the it's the art of the drift. And I was trying to explain that to my, one of my buddies. The art of it's, the drift. It's the art of the drift. It's the art of you going out there and you not knowing what's going to happen. Right. I love those nights. Like that time when I or when I was in Royal Oak in the back of Mr. B's and I order all those drinks. I didn't know how much it was going to be. Right. It's that mystery. I love that. <laughs> that just that spontaneous mystery. Maybe that's like part of my problem. Is that is it? I just I'm so addicted to that weird spontaneity yeah. of just like. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, like what direction can the night take? Yeah. I know that is pretty love cool. That. I think you get that also just uh, doing stand-up. I, I always love... Yeah, and it's scary. It is scary. Everyone asks me, like, why do you do stand-up? And why, why do you go up on stage? Because it's scary. It is scary. It's scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's, uh, even we're having experience teaching public speaking and being in front of a class, it's still what I love the most about doing comedy is sitting there about knowing you're the next person up uh-huh. and knowing there's so many things that could happen right now and knowing too that you're on your own there's no net nobody's going to rescue you nobody's going to nobody's going to you know it's not like you're in a play in the director's stage right and they're going to if you drop a line they're going to give it to you you're completely on your own yeah and i find that really exciting too and then you know of course everyone talks about the rush of getting a laugh i mean that feels really good but just the idea of being out on that space is, is something I think is kind of addicting to. It's similar to what you said about looking at a night and not knowing where it can go. That's very exciting. That's yeah. what life is, man. That's uh-huh. just like all possibilities. Yeah, I love exactly. that. It's so exactly. I can totally relate to that. I was an over-the-road truck driver. And sometimes right. I'd be lock- I would be in a hotel in a city I've never been to. Right. I was in Augusta, Georgia. I was at the pool table where James Brown play- played pool wow. on a daily basis. That's His amazing. Picture. It was like right there. It's amazing. Do you still drive? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. still drive. It's just local. Okay. And I'm home every day, obviously, because, you know, I do open mic. But, um, right. yeah, not not um, uh, not over the road. I'm not, like, through cities. And before, I would go to California. I would go to Texas. Really? I've been to every city except for four. Really? Yeah. Alaska, too? Uh, continental. Like, continental. Or, or, like, uh, you know, like yeah. the, yeah, the yeah. inside. But, um, yeah, it, it was... It was quite the trips. You gotta. You yeah. must have so many stories from the road. You I know mean, what I. You know what I explained that to be. It. You ever hear the story of uh, of the David statue and Michelangelo? I mean, I, I know of. I don't know specifically what story. Okay, so the brief story is that he passed by the stone that he was going to break to make the David statue. Okay. For two years. I like that. Yeah. And then he. He chipped away at it and made right. the David. Right. So he knew he was there. Okay. He knew it was the right stone. He knew it was perfect. Yeah. But he knew that it wasn't the right time. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. So he had to wait. Yeah. Until yeah. it was, okay, I got the full idea. Do you, so, so he stared at it. He just he just looked. I can relate. That. I like that. Yeah. So you think, so if I take your meaning, like you're not ready to reveal those stories yet, like and use them? I've or, tried. Okay. And it just... I don't know. It's just, I, I'm not sure where to go with it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm really not sure. Yeah. W- would you say that they, uh, there's, you had like adventures? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I have, I have one where, where I was in uh, Grand Rapids and I went to three different Marriott's 
Um, and, and I had no idea where my hotel was because I was so drunk. <laughs> I went to, I went to the first one. That wasn't my, that wasn't it. It was I booked l- ahead of time for you. Is that? No, 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 you no. Just- I knew, I knew that it was a Marriott. I just didn't know which one it was. Okay. So I just kept typing in Marriott Grand right. Rapids. Right. And first one I would walk in. Nope, not it because like, I many, knew the scenery. How many fucking Marriott's yeah. can there be? Second one went in. Nope, not the right one. Right. Third one finally was it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Third time's the charm. So I tried to do that on stage and it just didn't really translate. It was yeah. just, it wasn't really there. Yeah. It's hard. I know what you mean. There's a lot yeah. of things that I think of that are funny. And I, you know, you know this because people know you do stand up. They're like, oh, you should do that on stage. And you're like, yeah, but. It's not just, it's funny, like you and I sitting here talking about it funny or Thanksgiving Uh dinner funny. Is it funny in a, in a small space on top of a stage where people don't know you? Because a lot of those stories are funny because the person knows you and they know your phobias and your idiosyncrasies. So your reaction is what they're laughing at. Then you try to do that on stage and the potential's there, but the people just don't know you. So they don't know why it's funny. Uh And those are really hard, but I'm trying really hard with my 7-Eleven joke. Yeah, and that you, leads up to the hat trick. So, I, like, I have different things. Like, I say that the reason why there's uh, the reason why there's there's school shooters is because they had rock hard toquitos <laughs> at Seven Eleven. Right. Okay, and that's that was the last straw. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that broke them. Yeah. yeah, antidepressants aren't working. Right. The psychologist isn't working. Yeah. now I had Fuck. F- now I had my yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm fucking done. That's yeah. I already <laughs> had the guns and ammo anyway. So exactly. I I can't remember who made the joke. I know they got in trouble for it. I, you know, I don't know what in trouble means, but she said the joke about it was, uh, it was a joke about Baron Trump. So Donald Trump's son. And I agree, like maybe not pick on the kids, but said something about, and I might be confused with something else, but that he would be the first homeschool shooter, you know? And I thought, why hasn't anybody ever done that joke before? Like homeschool, right. it makes perfect s- symmetry, like a homeschool shooter. What would he be? What would he, what would set him off? You know, mom didn't make the muffins that way. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about homeschool, but um, my uncle had the best joke about homeschool. He said he was valedictorian, <laughs> but he was homeschooled. <laughs> top, finished at the top of his class. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, slept with all the chicks. Yeah, or didn't, or couldn't. You know, couldn't find any to sleep with, or uh, right. yeah, didn't find the classes challenging enough. But that also, that's uh, something that I've kind of been looking at working on. Like, why isn't there homeschool college? You know, like what would that? Why does it end at high school? Well, I would say that was University of Phoenix because you can take it online. Okay. Yeah. But I would say like like mom continues to be oh, the yeah, teacher. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, okay, well, you graduated and you've accomplished things. Congratulations. Now it's time to really start. Right. And it's like, you know, what are the frat parties like? And, you know, it's, it's funny. There's a lot of stuff there you could do. Where did you go to school? So I went to two. So I went to... My undergrad at a small school called Siena Heights. Uh, it was a college then. It's yeah, a university yeah. now. Yeah. I, I, my mom was trying to get me to go there so bad. Yeah. Go ahead. Great. No, it was a great place. It was definitely, it's more for people that um, don't want to get lost at a big university. And uh, I met my wife there. I met some of my best friends. There's a great time. Beautiful people. And then I went to, um, for graduate school, I went to the University of Dayton in Ohio. Had a good time there. <clears throat> it was a little different being a a grad student because you're part of the campus, but you're kind of not, I mean, everything revolves around undergrads, which is fine. I was only there for a year and a half. I did my time. I got my master's degree and then uh, pretty much started teaching right after that. Cause that's, it was never, 
people always ask me, do you want to get your PhD? And I, it just never interested me. I just, I don't yeah. care about that really. Um, I have a friend who's a PhD, which is really cool. It's a uh, security administration. And I, and I always love learning, but yeah, it never appealed to me. Cause then I feel like if I was a doctor of English, then I kind of have to be, uh, you know, that, that has to, like, I, that makes my identity. I didn't really want that. So it's all good though. Got you. Yeah. So for, to give people an idea of how many people go there, isn't it? like 1500 go to Siena Heights. Isn't it like super small? It's super small, but it's gotten a lot bigger when I was there. Yeah. That's, that's probably accurate. It's really small, but now, I mean, over the years they've become a university. Now they, they bought up a lot more land. And so I'm sure with all that, there's, there's a lot more students, but yeah, I mean, definitely for the person who enjoys a small campus experience, I was never, <clears throat> I didn't really care about you know, football teams or parties. I mean, that stuff's cool for people that like that. And those are, you know, those are great universities oh, too. So I romanticize fun. it so much. Yeah, no, I'm because sure. Because I never went. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. But, right. But, you know, and I'm sure some of that romanticize would be true and some of it probably wouldn't live up to your expectations too. That's I mean, that's true. the thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it was definitely for, for people that enjoy the small environment. And the cool thing was all those people became like family it was like a neighborhood everybody knew each other so yeah definitely an experience i wouldn't change um you know like i said met my wife and met my my best friends there and then at dayton i didn't really i didn't really meet there was a, a guy that i met i met two I, I lived with two guys my first year then my second year i lived in an apartment and my my uh my dealer was the only other person i really knew oh really yeah and he was a great guy and but you know it, it was actually pretty lonely so it was it was whenever he'd come over like come on in stay please yeah right you know because right. it, it got pretty lonely but yeah it was it was good uh good times do you enjoy loneliness that's a great question i used to yeah not as much anymore really uh, yeah i don't know what happened all of a sudden it just flipped but yeah i mean i can tolerate it for a while but then i need some type of engagement you know i used to always say like oh you know when I was younger in my angsty years, like, oh, I don't need anybody, man. I just want to be by myself. But then as you get a little bit older, <clears throat> you realize that, you know, life is so much more fulfilling if you're sharing it. And yeah, with like a wife or partner, but also just like with friends or, you know, hanging out doing this, it's it's so much more stimulating and just better for you to share. What uh -huh. about you? Because um, you're, lo you're alone a lot when you're driving. I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I enjoy both. That's why I think, it, you know, it's... For me, it's more of a purge. Okay. So as soon as I start drinking, I start, or that's the weekend. That means I have I have the time off. Okay. And I can kind of do what I want. Right. And then I just unload on all the stuff that I learned throughout the week. Oh, okay. On my friends. And, you know, I mix that with other stuff that I've learned and, you know, very similar to this podcast. Yeah. And I just get it all out. Right. And then once Sunday or once, you know, Monday comes around. I'm ready for the week okay. and I'm ready kind of not to talk to anyone, hunker down, listen to podcasts, listen to music. I am a huge music fan. Oh yeah. Me I, too. I love like I'm getting a tattoo and I don't know when, but I'm getting one that has a pill bottle, but it has a music note on it. Oh, I like that's a great idea because that's really cool. It literally, I, I don't know what I would do without it. I think life would be intolerable without it. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty close like uh, th there's there's certain guys like um doug stanhope comedian right he can't stand music i don't get and that i'm like how i don't get that how is that possible i know people like that i don't yeah. understand that yeah like you you turn on alice in chains oh fuck yeah 
Nutshell. Yep. Uh, great song. That will change your life. Yeah, it is. It will change your life. I love Alice in Chains. I, you know, I, he I talks about the drug and and how involved he was in it and how he can't find a home. Right. And when he goes home, he's not home because there's no one there that loves him. Yeah. And all exactly. he has is the comfort of doing heroin. Right. And Which it's is, like, holy shit. The whole album, Dirt, Fuck. is dirt is all Lane Staley's yeah. narrative about his drug addiction. and, it, and that, that was actually, not to correct you, but no. that was on um, Jar of Flies. No, I know. No, I know. Oh, okay, okay. I was just uh, saying. But, okay, no, that's okay. You. We're on yeah. the same page. Sorry. Uh, but that's okay. But um, uh, so there's that. And then I think when they got to Dirt, it was just, well, Jar of Flies came after Dirt, but right. um, Dirt was just like... That's why it's kind of because they have uh, the the other lead singer uh, William Duvall, I think his name is. Okay. That, yeah. yeah, and he's great, but it's sort of weird when he's singing those songs because it's like those are so personal, you know. And, and William Duvall doesn't have the same addiction, so he's singing it. He's like covering. He's like speaking for Lane, which is cool. And I mean, you know, I don't mind when bands go on because what are they supposed to do? Like exactly. it wasn't their it, fault, you know. Have you heard when I think it's Blue Fades to Black? Oh yeah. That was the first one that, yeah. that he was involved with. Yeah. Great album. Yeah, it Great is album. it is a really good album. You know, I, I hate these guys that they're th- these old men. Oh. oh, they can't make rock and roll nowadays. That's so it's stupid. Like, what the fuck? Like right. you are not even giving it a chance. No, it's all they you're so right. That. You're so right. So Lane Staley dies and really sad, you know, he's he's an addict. It was probably inevitable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they go away for a while. They come back and I hear people say it's not really Alice in Chains. It is actually exactly Alice in Chains cuz Jerry Cantrell does a lot of the vocals and the writing. What are they supposed to do? Because yeah. someone else was irresponsible, sadly, and died. They're supposed to never do music again. I uh-huh. fucking love Alice in Chains. Exactly. Have you seen them Like with the new lead singer? They're great, man. But I do agree with stopping at a certain point. Do you? What's, yes. How do you so determine Rush, that? Rush did 40 years. Yeah. They did their 40-year tour. That, that anniversary of the 40th year, they did a last retirement tour. After that, they were done. Okay. okay. They weren't like the fucking Rolling Stones that do in 1995 a retirement tour and are still going today. Kiss. Yeah. 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 They Same do thing. a thousand of these and it's just a ploy to get people to buy tickets. And it's like, no one gives a fuck. Well, Rush really. has a lot of integrity, you know. Yeah. I've never been a huge fan, but I get what. It's not that I don't like them. I just never got into them, but I understand why Neil people. Pert. What's that? R.I.P. Neil Pert. Right. Yeah. The drummer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, was that recent? Yep. Yeah, that's what yeah, I thought. It was, it was a couple months ago, wasn't uh, it? Maybe one month. Okay. Yeah, it was. I, it was. It was like a two weeks before Kobe. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think I think the funniest example of a band going back on their word, Motley Crue. Okay, so like a year and a half ago, I have they, a poster right there. Okay, it's I love, signed by every member. How'd you get that? Uh, my brother had a VIP pass and met every single one of them. The only one that doesn't have the signature, Tommy Lee, because he's a dick. What he didn't do, he will not sign it? He won't sign it. He won't Why? sign anything. Why is he a... I don't, who knows? He's got some fucking ego thing, and I don't sign anything. I would love for somebody to ask for my autograph. I'd do a yeah. fucking backflip, man. I'd be like, let me who sign knows? Let me sign your face. Let me sign everything. Yeah. But He went out with Pamela Lee, so he thinks... He, like, that's, that's, yeah. he, he peaked at that point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they... Uh, so they're on their big retirement tour a couple years ago. They played their final show. I think it was at Staples Center in L.A. And they, they actually signed a contract 
that said they couldn't play anymore live unless all members agree, but they said this is it. They finished with, uh, I think, Home Sweet Home, and it was just, it was over and it was done. And then flash forward a year and a half. Well, so they're doing a, they're coming to Detroit. It's them, Def Leppard, and I forget who the third, was it maybe Poison maybe? I don't know yeah. if it was, but I just, I love that. It's like, no, this is like set it in stone. And this was one I was dumb enough. I'm like, you know, they're actually really done. And you're like, no, they're not done. Yeah. Come on. And then Kiss were like, we're coming through town. This is the last time. This is the absolute last time. I just got an email the other day. Well, here we go. More uh-huh. tour dates. And Kiss at this point, when you talked about having a, a point where you stop, I mean, at some point it turns into parody. Uh-huh. Like Kiss, I mean, that's cool that they're you know, upper 60s going to 70 and they're still doing music. But then coming out in the platform shoes and the, the makeup and uh-huh. all that, it's not bad or wrong, but it's just not as cool as it used to be. You right, know what I mean? Right. The novelty's worn off. So, they got yeah. great song. Don't get me wrong. They got some great songs. By the way, everyone that's listening right now, if you um, are a big Kiss fan or just a rock fan in general, um, MTV Unplugged. They oh, did yeah. one with Kiss. I know. It's I didn't great. know that. It's yeah. fucking great. I just found it the other day. I'm like, holy shit, this is here. Um, I think they play Beth and uh, I think the rock and roll. You know, the, the staples, yeah. rock and roll all night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. Not a lot of people know. That's a very like that's not one of the more popular unplugs that you hear about because. You know, Allison Chains did it, and Nirvana, Pearl Jam, but a lot of people forget that Kiss did it. It was really good too. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. who would who would think that they'd be like a good unplugged band? Right. Not nearly. You know, anything of Allison Chains or Nirvana or no way. Uh, Those are classic. Oh my god. The man who sold the world. You know. You know that was the only recording of of that song. Really? That unplugged, the live version. Yeah. That everyone hears on the radio. Yeah. Is the only recording ever. Of Nirvana doing that song? Yes. Really? Yes. Because shortly thereafter, uh, Kurt Cobain died. Right. So and they couldn't go in the studio and record it. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was it. It was it was a couple weeks after or so. Such a great song. Oh, yeah. Great song. Na, 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 uh-huh. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, what's what else is on there? Uh, uh, where did you, uh, what was it? Where did you sleep last night? Isn't that the name of okay. that song? And then yeah. uh, Come As You Are. I mean, it's just a great, I listened to that. That's one of the few albums that I play. I don't jump around. I just put it in and we just go. You yeah. know, I don't I don't skip anything. You just run it. I don't know if it's like this for you, but they're very similar. Um, and Bill Burr had a great uh, thing about this, but he's like, uh, Led Zeppelin, they're great. They're fantastic. You kind of go in cycles with them. Yeah. Like they're good, uh-huh. and then you can't listen to them. And then they're good, and then, you know, it's just like it back and forth. Same thing with me with Nirvana. Yeah. They were played so much on the radio. Like yeah. I was telling my buddy, he's not so much of a uh, of a rock fan, and he loves Blink One Eighty Two, rock show, right? And I'm looking at him. I'm like, dude, I've heard this song. Oh, at nauseum. Yeah, I'm sick sure. of it for sure. I'm, fuck, I'm done. <laughs> right. Like I, I, I would love to be in your shoes because he's never really heard it. Okay, he's like, this is still good. It's like fresh to him. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like. Can't relate. Can't do it. That's weird that that he was that Bill Burr would say that about Zeppelin because I I kind of agree. I love Zeppelin, but I don't listen to him all the time. You know, I I sometimes forget about them. Like, oh yeah, and then you put on, it's great. Of course, I know with Nirvana, I've always felt like when I'm ranking my bands, they're easily in the top ten or fifteen, but I still think they're slightly overrated. You Mm -hmm. know, slightly, and that probably has a lot to do with Kurt Cobain dying. And how old would you have been when that happened? So you're probably just a little guy, right? One. Oh, real? Okay. I'm, I'm 27. Okay. 
So yeah, ninety two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he died in ninety four. So you were two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was definitely a lot of people love Nirvana and the hype was there and and everything. But when he died, it just became stratospheric. And I think publications like Rolling Stone have been really instrumental in like you know building that legend and making it even bigger mm-hmm. because it's unfortunately there is more romance around somebody who kills themselves you know i don't know what would have happened to nirvana if he was still alive i kind of feel like they would have it just seemed like he didn't want to be in that band forever and then of course dave grohl went on to do the foo fighters and yeah that's that's my argument yeah is that is that nirvana is still alive they're the foo fighters right exactly through the foo like it it channels yeah. through them you uh everyone again out there yeah. i'm giving everyone homework right now i really am because you know what this is music 101 and everyone should experience it yeah. the first foo fighters album oh. is a nirvana album yeah pretty much it's a it's, dave Grohl solo out like he yeah. just there was him you know working out his grief about as far it as sounds I'm like it sounds like nirvana yeah you know what i mean Exactly. And a lot of people don't, they like skip that album, go right to Color and the Shape, but the first album is crazy good. Yeah. You uh-huh. know, one thing I've always wanted to see, <laughs> I don't know that we'll ever get it, but I always wanted to see like the Foo, like I know they did at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they did Nirvana songs, but I want to see the Foo Fighters with Dave Grohl as the lead cover a Nirvana song. The closest, if you ever go on YouTube, there's some footage of them, they're playing Austin City Limits and they're like rehearsing. And he, he, Dave Grohl starts up, uh, smells like teen spirit. Then they all start laughing and he goes, could you imagine if I did that? People lose their fucking minds and they're yeah. like, ah, and they're all laughing. They'd never do it. The closest they came, they did a song in concert a couple of years ago called Molly's Lips, but it's actually a cover. So Nirvana did it, but it's actually a song, I think by the Vaseline. So technically they've never covered a Nirvana song and that's probably just Dave Grohl. You know, he just doesn't want to do it, but you just imagine one day just like... You know, late summer show just busts into like uh, lithium or something. That would be crazy. Oh, yeah, you know, be awesome. I'd love to hear that. That'd be awesome. It'd be so cool. I saw one of the, one of uh, Foo Fighters' best shows, and um, I'm not sure where it was, but they did a Nirvana cover. They did just one song, uh-huh. um, and the uh, the drummer. I forget his name. Haw- oh, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. yeah. Switched to be a singer. Oh yeah. And yeah. then Grohl went to drums. Right. So they technically it you blew know, my Grohl, mind. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what the fuck is going on I right know. now? This I, is fucking crazy. It's crazy. Uh, they did that. Uh, I don't know if you're thinking of the same thing, but is that when they performed with Led Zeppelin? Is that because I remember they did rock and roll, and it was the same thing. Taylor Hawkins came out and sang. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was that. Yeah, yeah. But I remember one was, live show. They yeah, switched. It was crazy. It's like what the fuck. Yeah, and they had uh, Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones were up there. I'll tell you one of the coolest shows I've ever been to. I don't know if you, Uncle Cracker. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing against them, but I no not um, uh, good at parties. Not yeah. Why did know. that pop into your head? It was just like, he's just such a joke. It's yeah. just like, it's almost could be used on stage. Like, you know, you're a hack. So you're Uncle Cracker. Uh, did he, like, was he with Kid Rock? Like, is that how he got? I think so. Something like that. They're, they're both from Detroit. Yeah. I don't really know much about Uncle Cracker. Uncle Cracker was at one of my cousin's weddings. Seriously? He got a picture with my, my parents. 
Oh yeah. My dad said he's never seen someone someone drink so much beer. <laughs> Seriously. And I go, yeah. The to legend. Play, to play that kind of music. The you, legend. You might, you might have to forget <laughs> about your whole music career. I don't even know that I could hum a, like an Uncle Cracker song. Really? I, I know a lot of music, but yeah, I don't. Um, but no, anyways, not Uncle yeah. Cracker. But I don't know if you remember. There was a place in Pontiac called Clutch Cargos. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I know the place. The building is still there. It used to be a church. and um, Might have been my first show, but go ahead. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, so when the Foo Fighters were, they just released Color in the Shape. It was the summer of 97. <clears throat> and they, uh, they, could, they could ease. In fact, they did. They went on to tour arenas. But for some reason, they played a show at Clutch Cargos, tiny venue. And my friends and I managed to get tickets somehow. The, there's video of it on YouTube, but... Unbelievable! It was like seeing the Foo Fighters in your living room. It was so small. You were right on top of the band, and there was a balcony, and it was like St. Andrews, but maybe smaller. And you know, I don't think they've played small clubs like that since. So, yeah. what's, the, what's the best concert you've ever been to, or one of them? Because I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. I think I really might say Alice Cooper. Yeah. I think I really might say Alice Cooper might be the best show I ever went to just because Alice Cooper doesn't just play. He does a performance. Oh yeah. Oh, he yeah. was, he was hung. Yeah. His head came off on stage <laughs> Seriously? and blood came out and everything. And people were, everyone thought shit. they were, he was dead. <laughs> Nowadays people would probably be right to think that, you know, people would be freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and there was a guy that, that sat, it was this is at DTE, right? Or if you're an old fogey, pine knob, pine knob. Pine yeah, knob, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guys like me can't let that shit go. Yeah. But I've I've even started calling it DTE. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah, pine my knob. dad just won't let it go. No, I yeah, I understand. Um, but he yeah, and and there was a guy up on stage, uh, or no, he was sitting like in the handicap section, and he had a wheelchair, and it all was like black and speckled, and it was all designed and whatever. Yeah. He had a book and a cane. And it and he was pointing at Alice. He had Alice Cooper's book, okay, with him, okay. And he kept pointing at it with the cane. And I, me and my dad were there. We were just laughing our asses off. We're like, the guy with the cane, the fucking guy. I can't believe. <laughs> so him. he was just trying to get noticed, or I just don't know. Like, he was yeah. just so excited, so amped up to see it. Yeah. He was like, I got his fucking book. It's right here. <laughs> but yeah, that was really cool. Um, uh, let's see. I had another one in mind. Um, trying to think of all the other shows, Black Keys. Yeah, I saw them at Joe Louis Arena. Really? Yeah. How was that? Fantastic. Really? Oh I've never really God. gotten into them. I don't dislike them. I just don't know them very well. Yeah. Yeah. Great rock band. Oh my God! Yeah. Just it was just exploding with music. Really, it, I love yeah. that. And what really tripped me out was that the the lead guitar player and singer. Um, I think his name is Al- uh, Dave Albrecht. I'm, I don't know, uh, but uh, but he he had one amp. He had a half stack. Okay, an amp uh-huh. that was plugged into a mic. That was it. That was it. That, that, and he yeah. was just. But my my but like I asked my buddies about that afterwards. I'm like, what what the fuck was that? He's like, you know, you don't know how much it was connected to. Yeah, that one microphone was connected to thousands of different speakers, sure. and it was fucking loud. Sure, yeah. but it, on stage it was tripping you out. You're like, "That's it? That's yeah. all he has?" And you're filling a hockey arena right now. You yeah, know? the one that just clo- that closed down. It's yeah. no longer right. 
So like I can tell my kids, I saw the Black Keys at Joe Louis at Arena. Yeah. That's gone. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Alice Cooper, a few years ago I was at DTE. And uh, I, I saw Iron Maiden and Iron Alice, Maiden. I nice. love Maiden. Alice nice. Cooper opened. Oof. And what was really funny, you're right about the performance. One of the funniest, I don't know if this was like planned and this was the people were plants and everyone was in on it, but it's one of the funniest rock and roll things. It's just so rock and roll. It's so mean, but it's so funny. So I was down like, I was, I think I was in the, my wife got me tickets for my birthday. When I got there, they upgraded me to the front row for some reason. So it was great. But this guy, like in the fifth row, he had a little girl with him, like a, a she's probably like four or five years old, and he's rocking out, and he's you know got her all dressed up to rock out, and she's holding like a bouquet of roses for Alice Cooper, you know people do that they like give roses to singers, so she's waving it. He comes over, takes it, rips them up, and throws them at her oh, right at her face, whoa. and then he, and then I'm like, fuck, that's harsh, man. And but the dad was, was laughing, the girl was laughing, but like. You know, I'm all for the rock and roll moment, but I'm like, fuck, I hope that was planned, man. That just seems so fucking cold. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's wow. Cr- yeah. Just throws him right in her face. Right. That's crazy. Um, his his album, From the Inside. Yeah. When my dad told me that, it blew my mind. Told uh, the told story. You. you know the story of it? I don't know. Yeah. So From the Inside, uh, when he was an alcoholic back in the 80s. Right. Uh, when you were an alcoholic, you got sent to the insane asylum. Okay. There was no rehab. So. Yeah. They, they didn't know what to do with you. Right. So they, they, they would just throw you in with all the crazies. And he wrote an album. That's why the cover of it is, uh, I think, his face. And then the back of it is the exit to the insane asylum. Ooh. Wow. So like it was like all his head. And yeah. then there's where you can leave. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. That's cool yeah. symbolism. Yeah. But the whole album is fantastic. Like yeah. whole. You could have been doing this this whole fucking time, except you were, you know, in your hotel room yeah. drinking a case oh. of beer. Back because that's se- what he would do. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that he wouldn't do drugs or anything. No. He wouldn't fuck anyone. Yeah. He wouldn't. Like, I'm sure he did occasionally. But, but I know but it wasn't his, his thing. Yeah. His thing was just to go to back to the hotel room, watch David Letterman. Yeah, and just drink a case of beer. Really, that was he just loved it. Yeah, that's really that's interesting. how he relaxed. Yeah, right. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I know that the. Um, I'm a big fan of the doors and everybody. Oh, right there. oh there it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. There's Jim. <laughs> I love it. And the thing <laughs> that, you know, I think people sometimes associate drugs with Jim Morris and he certainly did them, but booze was his thing. I mean, booze was what killed him and booze is what he just, you know, I've read all the books about the doors and how he would turn just into something. They said that his alternate, they, they nicknamed it Jimbo that when he was drunk, he was Jimbo. When he was sober, he was Jim. When he was drunk. He was Jimbo. And they just, you know, said that he would turn into, you know, kind of a monster, you know, as a lot of people do. Yeah. But no. it was eventually drink that killed him. Yeah. I heard three gyms. I heard one that was drunk, okay. one that was on drugs or pills. Okay. Yeah. And then one that was sober. Okay. So what my thing was is that if you were to have a band, call it the three gyms. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. Right? Totally. <laughs> Could you imagine? I always think about this. I don't think... I mean, you know, as I'm looking at Jim Morrison right now on your wall, I don't. I think the the guy, just at the rate that he lived, there was no way he was going to, you know, to paraphrase the song, get out of there alive. But could you just imagine if he was alive, like he'd be seventy something, uh-huh. all all pissed off about the world, writing poems, still going out on stage, probably falling down. I mean, that would be, 
you know, that would be amazing. But there's just like there was no way he was getting to 30. I think mm-hmm. he died at 27. Like yeah. a lot of guys, Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. Mama Cass, Kurt Cobain. There was just no like, and I think Cobain was the same way because he had had a previous suicide attempt and Courtney Love brought him back to life in Rome. There's just certain guys that unfortunately, and I don't know that I believe in like things being predetermined, but there's just no fucking way they're going to make it. Yeah. I mean, you just see it. Yeah. And uh, when Cobain died, I mean, it was, uh, and this could actually be a good transition because the Kobe thing. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah it be, was very yeah. similar because yeah. when he, like, just like how people made the pilgrimage to Staples Center, when Kurt Cobain died, people made a pilgrimage to a park in Seattle and they were listening to his music and everything. And then Courtney Love showed up and it was, it was really weird. But what did, how did you, cause Kobe is going to be, I certainly wouldn't compare it to like a nine 11 in terms of scale, but it's one of those things that all of us are going to have about five to 10 of these throughout our lives. Big moments where you'll never forget mm-hmm. where you were when you heard the news. So where were you? Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was in the car. So I was I. in my Cadillac, and I just had pulled into my driveway. And the guy on 97.1, the ticket, this local radio station, oh, yeah. had said, the guy said that. He was like, we're just getting information now that Kobe Bryant died in the helicopter crash. Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't even make sense because... First of all, Kobe is one of the number one athletes in a, in the world. Easily. And a guy that's so centered. It's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, right. you don't really, you don't get it at first. And then I remember texting my dad. I was like, yeah, you might, you, you hear Kobe died? And uh, I w- it was just so fresh. It was so weird. Totally. But I'm not going to try to fake it, you know? I mean, everyone and their brother is like, oh my God, Kobe was the best and all that. I was never a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend to be. Yeah, exactly. If you're someone that's close to me and you're um, like the like Rush, mm-hmm. when Neil Peart died, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. Right. This sucks. You felt it. Yeah. The second that I heard it, I turned on moving pictures. I listened to the entire album. Did you? Yeah. I just needed it. I just had to do it. It right. was just one of those things. Yeah. And it's therapy. And I remember the story of, there's a story of him. And when he lost either his daughter or his wife, Ugh. I forget, someone super close to him, and he left. Like, he left the band. Mm-hmm. He went on his motorcycle mm-hmm. and just drove yeah. for miles across the country. Right. Nobody, the, the Getty Lee didn't know where he was. Alex Lifeson didn't know, the manager, no one knew where he was. Just he trying, just Trying to outrun his pain. He just left. Yeah. And he yeah. just drove yeah. for a week. Yeah. And yeah. It, and and it, I don't remember that. And it was just. It's probably what saved him. You know, it was probably yeah. able to, he probably couldn't cope with all that. And his perfectionism. It's just something to, to uh, look up to. Oh, totally. You know, when, when, I don't know if anyone knows this, but when he recorded Tom Sawyer, mm-hmm. he just kind of said, yeah, good enough. Really? He wasn't happy with it. Yeah. He's like, I, I, today I could do a better one. Yeah. That wasn't my best work. That's a sign of a great artist. But I've you know? done it so many times. It's like, well, I'm gonna hang up the hat, right? Isn't you know, that, isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. With the yeah, with the Kobe. Th- yeah, I'm not gonna pretend to be you know like this grieving person. Nor and, should you. Uh, just, yeah, and all I, that, and it's go out and buy a couple jerseys <laughs> right. just because. Yeah, I'm not gonna do all that, and right. and 
you know, the whole country is oversaturated and just like the, the, the status. David Stern just died. Right. Exactly. A week before or yep. two weeks before. Yeah, he a did. little while before. Yeah. He was the owner of the NBA. I'm pretty sure he drafted Kobe. He, he was, I mean, he reinvented the NBA. I mean, he was the NBA for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And then Kobe dies and everyone forgets. It's like. Oh, yeah. David Stern is, is not even an afterthought. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Who even knows who he is? If I said on the street who David Stern was, no one would know. I know. I, and yeah. I, that's so sad. Yeah. I was exactly in the same position you were. I was just pulled into my garage. And I think I have this bad habit. Maybe you do this too. Of like, I can't get out of the car because I've got to play with my phone for 10 minutes. But I was checking. I just for some reason came across Twitter. I hate Twitter, but it is very good for up-to-the-minute stuff. And the headline, I took a screenshot of it. Kobe Bryant killed in helicopter crash. And it's exactly what you said. It's like... Guys like Kobe don't die in helicopter crash. Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. It wasn't like the 80th best player in the NBA. It was one of the top, you know, guys ever to ever play. Yeah. And then to, you know, his daughter and then the other people. It was such a, uh, it, sound, it sounded like it was such an easily avoidable thing, you know, to be in that helicopter and it was foggy and everything. Yeah, and apparently there was a there was a module or something that was yeah. supposed to be on it that wasn't on there. Yes, I did hear that. And that, that would have prevented it yeah sort of yeah it would have helped out would have yeah. helped yeah but, but i know uh go ahead oh no no i was just gonna say that uh that listening to bo burr and and trying to learn how to how to uh fly a helicopter yeah it's one of the hardest things in the world is it so even the most experienced people okay are still not the best at it oh really is that... i mean they might have a thousand hours they might whatever yeah they have their license and they're a pro but they're still not the best at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just maybe like a skill you can never really master. Well, because you have to read all your, apparently you have to read all the gauges and okay. you have to not look at the outside world. Okay. You have to rely solely on the gauges and the handles and, really? the, and the buttons and all that stuff. And you use every part of your body. Okay. You use both your legs and both your hands. Okay. And you're using obviously your head. Right. So everything is in use all at once. Yeah. So it's a simultaneous Whoa. thing. Yeah. You know, that that's happening. That's and, almost too much. Like it doesn't seem yeah. like you, a human being is capable of that. Exactly. You know, so like, to, but yeah, going back to what you were saying is that he was the best athlete in the world, and yeah. you know it would at least with Jim Morrison and Chris Farley and all these greats, right. you could kind of see the trajectory oh, totally. and you knew where it was going to end. That's and a good it made point. Sense. That's a good point. This one just came out of fucking nowhere. Oh, there's you're no like, way. How did it's like if you're here tomorrow, if you hear Larry bird died, right? It's like, what? Yeah. There's what no the f- way. There's what? no way. Yeah. You know? What the fuck? Did, what? I, and you know, you can question the timing of this, but I know so a lot of people wanted to bring up the sexual assault allegations that he had, I don't know if you. It was allegations. Well, and it, he was acquitted in court. He was. That's he, what I would like to bring. That's that's my thing. I'm sorry, I'm a little heated. No, you're right. But but with Ari Shafir. Yeah, that's his, the whole uh, thing. It's the like, joke he made. Yeah, it was done with. Right. She she was either on the stand right. or the or the judge asked her about it. Right. And that was it. Right. Right. It wasn't like Weinstein. Where oh, there's God. a thousand different people that said, nope, he's a fucking monster. Well, the, the thing I never understood about the Kobe allegations is exactly what you said. Well, first of all, like the initial police report, if you read it, it's pretty credible and pretty damning. However, when you take a, a step forward, you take a step back, excuse me, and look at it, you wonder like, why has Kobe never been accused of this before and never after? And why would, and it's, you know, 
Why would somebody in that position do such a stupid thing? Well, people do stupid things all the time. But I think in the end, when people say, well, he paid her off, he must have done it. That's not right, man. You can't look at things that way. Yeah. He, he, he paid her off to, to be done with it. So I don't, you know, I don't know for sure what happened, but I don't think you can just go in public and call him a rapist because technically, like you said, he was acquitted. So he's not yeah. a rapist. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, so, so you were mad about the joke. I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what he said though. I wasn't mad that he said it, but I was okay. So first of all, it was too too early. Yeah, he did it the day of. Right. Right. You you won't give a guy a, a, a one fucking day. Well, he's trying to be that guy. Like, look at me. I'm the fucking edgy guy. He that knows. The... He knows that the news goes in three three day cycles. Totally. Twitter goes in three day cycles. Right. If you want to say something, do it four days later. He wanted to be first. You know. The other thing to boat is that he's a popular selling out comedian right. that doesn't need the press. Right. You know what I mean? Like Shane Gillis had it perfect getting fired from SNL. Yeah. Now everyone, every, uh, what is it? Dick, Tom and Harry knows who the fuck Shane Gillis exactly. is. Exactly. He's on the map. Right. He needed that. Yeah, totally. Bad press. Yeah. Ari he- Shafir did not need this bad press. Right. He was a guy that was already established. Didn't. That's why I'm so confused. I'm like, Ari, why did you need this attention? Right. Are you that much of a whore that you need this? Fu- it's kind of narcissistic in it's, a way. Yeah. It's know? like, what were you? What was your angle? Right. I don't know. What, what exactly was the joke? Was or it, it wasn't, wasn't even a, joke. a joke? He was like, oh, he's a fucking. Ra-. Yeah, that's I read it. He was in the city that she got acquitted. Vale or uh, Colorado or I forget. Well, that's where it happened. Maybe that's not where the trial was. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was that. He was wherever. He was wherever, yeah. Yeah, he was in the right city. Okay. And he was like, yep, just sold out some shows. And, yep, this is where uh, the the whole thing happened. Oh, okay. And it's like, Uh, I don't know. It was just just tasteless to me. It really was. I'm not going to say that he's not a good comic. Right. That's not my nature. I never judge anyone off of one thing that they do. No, and I think can't. it's wrong to do. I like do people that, that are on Twitter, on Facebook, on oh. whatever, and are saying, fuck this guy. I'll never listen to him again. I fuck know. him. They're overreaction. Yeah, always. You're just like the same people the that same. are on Twitter. I know, exactly. You're exactly the problem. Totally. That you don't see the totality of what he did. Right. He did one of the best shows that was ever on Comedy Central that changed comedy for fucking ever. Right. And that is This Is Not Happening. Right. The Storyteller Show. Right. One of the best shows ever. Yeah. You're going to say that that's not a good show? You are a bold-faced fucking liar because that is a good show. It's so typical of our society now, though. Everything's the fucking best ever, worst ever. Yeah. Everything is like right now. A, a re- Nobody takes a breath. Everybody's like, fuck, everybody needs my unsolicited opinion. I better go to Twitter and uh-huh. fucking tell everybody. And <clears throat> that's something that I can't stand. One thing that I find is really funny what you just said. I follow... For pure entertainment, I follow Donald Trump on Twitter. It's it's fucking it's a gas every day, man. It's hilarious. But whatever he says, the the first comments are always like "fuck you," you know. And they get yeah. all mad, and it's like you scroll through him, and it's like you people are exactly like him. Like be, if you don't like him, be better than him. Yeah. But it's it's so to- so a lot of times Twitter, I can't. It, it's so toxic. I, you know what I, I call it? You know right. what I call it? I call it Satan's asshole. Oh God, that's accurate. Isn't it just the worst? I deleted it because I was, I don't get it. It's so negative. It's, oh. And it's just a black hole where I, I don't get it. At least Facebook, 
you can be a little negative yeah and people will give you some shit for it people right. will love you for it people will criticize right. you you get all different 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 sides with twitter you have to be mean nasty just nothing i am and right, exactly and twitter is like strangers like at least in facebook you kind of, you've had some interaction with these people twitter is all strangers so it's like and everybody's so irrational and overreacting and <clears throat> you know no but bill burr said it the best and <clears throat> i said it in steve Kaz's podcast the people that you don't have to worry about bill burr said it the best did i just say that i don't know that's okay yeah sorry that's i okay. might have repeated myself that's right uh but uh yeah, he was like the people you don't you have to worry about are the ones that are in between that mm-hmm. are that are one foot in one foot out oh, okay yeah i don't know if kobe's good i don't know if he's bad okay they're just trying to see where it sways yeah. wherever it sways that's, that's where they're gonna that's run they're gonna go yeah and it's, it's I mean, it's you, do, you, do you not have a structure? At least with Ari Shafir, you know where he stands. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You do. Yeah. Well, that, that leads me to this question. What, <clears throat> in today's comedic landscape, you talked about, um, you know, that joke or that, that comment being too soon. Like, where do you think the line should be? Because it's, it's a different era. It's not the 80s. We can't be Andrew Dice Clay, you know, uh-huh. doing his whole bit. But, like... Where do you see it as like the line that you wouldn't cross or you don't think people should cross? I think uh, family. Family, like um, going after somebody. Somebody's family. Somebody's actual family. Yeah, like okay. if you if you f- figured out information about someone's family and you wanted to bring it to light and make jokes out of it, oh, yeah. that's not something to joke about. Yeah. Don't ever joke about my mom. I will come after you. Sure. Don't. You know what I mean? That's one thing. But they would have to know your mom because there's everybody's hey, your mom, this or whatever. Yeah. But they don't know your mom, so it's stupid to get mad right. at that. No, I'm saying like intricate stuff, Intri- like yeah. weird stuff that you would know. Yeah. Um, I find that very offensive. Um, have you ever seen? Do you know of people doing that? Has that happened? No, no. I mean, loosely online a little bit with a guy named Mark. <laughs> oh, I've seen some of your. Ex- I was going to ask you about that. We can talk yeah. about it off of the yeah. mic, but I, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was, yeah. I was, I was curious. I was. I went back at his at his family a little bit. I, I poked fun at I it, saw. and I was like, "Well, if you're going at my family, I'm going to go a little Turn bit." Turnabout's fair play. I was just yeah. scrolling, and I couldn't figure out if it was. He's just it, a hateful person. He well, really is. Well, it could. I, I couldn't tell if like are these guys just are they friends and busting each other's balls, or is it? It's just always been like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's just always. I don't know. He's never really liked what I did on stage, and just kind of always had it out for me. I don't know. I don't Do know you guys why. ever see each other? occasionally and do you yeah and you know what uh there's a comic ian givens he has the best i love ian yeah yeah yeah. he has the best uh nickname for him he calls him big pussy oh yeah because he (laughs) says stuff online and then in person he's not he doesn't do anything oh really yeah so he's a big pussy you know yeah i i was i was because if it could if you didn't know you could think you guys were like best friends just busting each other's balls. I was chuckling. Then I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Then I think your dad jumped in or somebody. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And That's unfortunate. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've done a couple of his shows. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. he's always been nice to me, but I, that's that's too bad that that sucks yeah yeah well i mean he he was he was on my on my podcast a, a while back and he was saying that he would have deleted facebook um like three years ago because he hated everyone he was like all these people they don't know what to say uh-huh. and they have terrible opinions and i disagree with every <laughs> single one of them and right. i'm like i don't know man i think he might have more problems than just me <laughs> he really is like just, yeah well i some i mean i think in a way people struggle with that because I mean, I grew up without social media, so sometimes 
even I'm like scratching my head. Like I think it's, I think social media is just a weird thing, but uh-huh. we all uh, kind of do it, but I'm sorry. Um, so you were saying off limits. So family, anything else? Um, I don't know. I, I, I've kind of tried to create my comedy and my podcast to be whatever it is. Right. Whatever's on your mind, get it out. Right. Whatever you're trying to say, get it out. Right. You know, don't, don't have any borders. Don't have any limits. Don't, Try to censor yourself. I'm just all, yeah, I'm all off about the that. cuff. I like that. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say. Sometimes you know? when when and, I... and and that's forced me to not take offense in other people because right. if I'm saying, "Hey, say whatever you want," and then I go and bat like crazy, right? You know, yeah. Like there's a particular, uh, um, um, uh, uh, what is it? Showrunner uh-huh. around here. Uh-huh. Um, he does a lot of shows on Gratiot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think you know who he is. Okay. And he takes offense. To, he seems like he takes offense to things. Okay. And it's like, you're saying stuff back to me. Why can't you take what I said? Okay. He's always got something else. He's like my dad. Okay. He's always got something else to add. Really? To okay. come back. He's always got to be no, like the next guy to say something. Oh, okay. I've, like, I've not seen that. No. I, I just... I. Um, but I, I guess I understand in general what you mean. Yeah, yeah I mean, just I, take what they like. I always, everyone always comes up to me and asks me, "Hey, why don't you come back with anything? Why don't you say anything?" Is this like re- on social media or is it like in person? In person, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll come up to me and be like, "Hey, why don't you say anything back to him?" Uh-huh. And I thought his joke was good. I laughed. Right. That's the end. Right. Why do we always have to come back with something? Yeah. It's that weird like like uh fighting mentality yeah like oh he gave me a black eye now i gotta go give him a black eye i think we all feel at some point people feel like they have to even yeah things and but, it's like but at some point it has to stop like yeah. somebody has to walk away at some point yeah. Yeah. why not just there he was that right i'm not gonna invite him over my house right i'm not gonna buy him anything right you know are these and like he's whatever are these like you're just you guys just having conversations and you get an argument or is this something else or no, it's just the rebuttal back and forth, you but, know? busting balls. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it always seems like he always has to keep going. Oh, okay. He's keep going and okay. keep going and okay. keep going. And you're just, you're just kind of walking away at and that I'm point. Like, yeah, I thought it ended a while ago. Yeah. I thought I was over it. Like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. I got stuff to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Life's too short. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, uh, so you don't, as far as like, something that you would tell yourself, Hey, I would like to joke about that, but I'm not going to specifically because I don't want people to freak out. You know, I think in a way that's contrary to what comedy is because you see sometimes, sometimes it happens on Facebook. Sometimes it just happens like in life, but people all of a sudden declare themselves the gatekeepers of comedy. it's like, you can't like the list, a, a bunch of things. You can't joke about this, 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 or this. Or I've always thought like if you're talking about okay, so the, the, the term is punching down. Yeah. And I've always thought that that term itself could be seen as offensive because what you're basically saying is those people are beneath you, so you are punching down to them. But I do understand too that, you know, am I gonna go up there and make fun of, you know, a, a disabled kid in a wheelchair? I wouldn't do that anyway. So I know. Yeah. But um, you know, the idea that we're we're gonna like designate certain groups as off limits. I mean, I think that's kind of troubling. I mean, Dave Chappelle <clears throat> got in trouble for his jokes about transgender people. But if you watch that special, he also very specifically talks about a transgender person he met, enjoyed their company, respected them as a person, 
doesn't hate them, but then makes a joke about them. And I think whether he says this or not, what he's basically saying is, look, you want to be part of the mainstream, you get made fun of too because all the rest of us are. Mm-hmm. I understand the sentiment. You don't want to pick on people who generally are, are already being you know, pushed down, but I think it sets kind of a scary precedent that there's certain people that are just going to say, I have declared myself comedy king, and here are the things you can't talk about. Right. Um, so <clears throat> a lot of the things, though, that, that people say you shouldn't say, I wouldn't say them anyway. I just, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, disabled kids or, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't really like the idea of going after anybody because who am I? I don't, you know, I think just, you know, normal comedy, the absurdities of life, things we can all relate to. And if I make a gay joke, it's not going to be because I'm afraid of gay people or I don't know any. We all do. And I think that we can find humor and how gay and straight people interact with each other. That's funny. Yeah. And I always thought that making fun of stereotypes is funny. Like, you're not making fun of the people. Like, uh, I didn't... Like ex- Italians and, and uh, pasta or, oh, you know... You, yeah. any, anything, or you know. Um, from my you know, from my heritage, you know, Mexicans and... I thought you were... You know, me- yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we... Yeah. I, it's, it's definitely... It was the... My dad's from uh, my dad's from England. My mom's a Mexican, and the the Mexican culture is what I grew up with. So, but I mean, I've heard all those jokes. I don't, you know. Um, Bill Bouchard has a hilarious joke about he's teaching a a night a, a, a night. I might have it mixed up. He's teaching up Mexicans to pole vault, and it's a night class. I think that's fucking hilarious, yeah. man. I, I you know I think it's when whatever you, whatever's a good structured joke, right? If you get made fun of, though, you know what's actually really cool? If somebody makes fun of you or your people or your experience, that means you're in the club. Like, you're accepted, you know? Like, you are part of this. Right. That's what I've always liked, you know? And I always find it so thrilling going to a comedy club. It never gets old. And I'm so confused by people when you look around and the comedian says something, they know it was funny. It was fucking hilarious. And you look out and people are looking at each other like, should I laugh? Yeah. I'm so scared. Uh-huh. You know, I've noticed it when African-American comedians say something really funny and it might be about the African-American experience. So the white people are like, can I laugh at that? And my thing is, if he said it, yeah, he it's, wants you yeah, to laugh at it. Community. It's funny. Yeah. You know, and then if you laugh at it, he might say, well, the white people are laugh. How dare you laugh at that? That's funny, too. You know, but that's um, I think it's weird when I hear people say that. I went to a comedy club. I didn't feel safe. What? Right. First of all, what does that mean? And second of all, who guaranteed your your safety? Right. You know. You gonna run to the bathroom? Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Yeah. Pause for a second. Sure.
All good? Yeah. I think they fell. Yeah, on your, yeah, there you go. But anyway, yeah, I was just saying, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's for any of us to say, you know, what is allowed or what isn't. And I mean, you know, the thing is, the crowd will decide. The audience gets to decide. If they mm-hmm. don't like it, <clears throat> I mean. There's a place in uh, in Alabama where it's so-called the hardest place to get a laugh. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's either in Mo- Mobile or Mobile. Mobile. Mobile or uh Birmingham, I, I I forget where it's at, but it's okay. uh, eighty per eighty to ninety percent of all the ticket sales are comped. Okay, so they have like a program with either the hotel or the casino or something like that. Okay. And yeah, uh, I had a I had a guy on the podcast that did comedy there. What did he say? Um, he said it actually wasn't as hard as people were saying. Really? Yeah, he got some laughs. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean. Yeah. He's, he's a comic. What, what else is he going to say? Yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a mechanic that's, that's experienced. What is he going to say? He didn't fix the car? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, it's so true. So Yeah, I just, um, you know, going forward, I mean, I think I'm a real big free speech advocate, and I really believe in the First Amendment. And I think one of the problems that you see, maybe it's not a comedy problem, but an overall problem is that <clears> – <throat> people now have a tendency to have a difficult time expressing different opinions without hating each other, which I think is so weird. Yeah. You know, I think that's really, really strange. Well, Trump definitely multiplied that. Yeah. I mean, you could see that effect. Yeah. Well, I think (laughs) that everybody's angrier (laughs) or just as, yeah. Well, the sides are so split. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, There was an article that was just written the other day um, about uh, make America great again. Okay. Those hats. Yeah. And it said, stop making me explain these hats. What side are they coming from? Um, the Republican. They okay. were saying that I, if I wear this hat, don't have, have me be ostracized because right. I'm wearing this hat if yeah. you're a Democrat. Right. Just look at the hat and be like, well, that's his view. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about sports. Yeah, I mean, I, you know? I agree with that. I don't understand. I mean, I've heard of you know people getting accosted and assaulted for wearing that hat and it's just like it's a hat i couldn't care. like it doesn't yeah. and it's a stolen hat by that Is you know it, that uh reagan it was yeah that's it was what started th- in the reagan that's what i thought administration that's what i thought so it's not even an original thought yeah. so what you're getting mad at is like a recycled idea i know and when i hear you know people say that that hat's the modern day equivalent of like a clan hat oh let's just step back a oh, little okay. bit let's yeah. just fucking calm yeah. down i don't really need to be that dramatic you know yeah why don't you light them on fire too i, I mean right i know what it, the fuck or when you know and people say like well you know this is how hitler started it's like hold on yeah like let's you know everybody this is it comes from social media like i said everything is to the extreme everything's the worst ever or the best ever you know, he can't just be a really bad president. He has to be Hitler or fucking Cobra Commander or Megatron or whoever else cartoon villain you could come up with. And I think people thrive on it. And uh, this is something that I said when he was elected that and I didn't think he was going to be elected. But I said if he was elected, I think people overall, I include myself in this, I think it would have to take a look in the mirror to say like, we we kind of exhibit a lot of the same behavior he does. Mm-hmm. So in a way, didn't we kind of... It's almost like all our collective anger like spawned Donald Trump. And then he came out and was like, here I am. I'm the yeah. representative. And it was... It just... I think when you look in history and look back at him, 
it it won't be that he was great or anything, but it'll be like that made sense for that era. People mm-hmm. were fucking angry all the time and pissed and yelling at each other and going on social media and calling each other names. And look, we got a president who does the same thing. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, everyone hated Nixon. Yeah, exactly. And why why did so many people do so many drugs in the seventies? <laughs> right. Because they were happy Nixon was out. Right, exactly. It just happened. You know, it happens again. I don't think people... History repeats itself. It does. And I know, because Nixon was so hated. Yeah. So hated. By everyone. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and you know, it's like I said, I think I see Donald Trump more as a, like a, you know, I have my, you know, like a cartoon villain twisting his mustache. He's got like the giant sonic ray gun that's going <laughs> to blow up the earth for no reason you know yeah, yeah. i want to rule the universe and i'm going to start by blowing shit up which makes no sense it's like but, an austin powers almost. yeah exactly yeah, just yeah. A, he's like a caricature and i think it's weird there's times that i <clears throat> i'll walk through the grocery store and i'll see like a newspaper and i'll be like donald trump is the president yeah that's so weird uh-huh. you know yeah now is. anything can happen it uh-huh. seems like boy you thought you know you had like the uh, the Cubs won a World Series. Cleveland Cavaliers won NBA championship. Trump becomes president. Shit, man! Any we can do anything now. I thought it ended with the last president with Obama. What ended with the uh, oh, like the with, first like with, with everything? Yeah, a person of color becoming yeah, yeah, exactly. Now everything's possible, right? Everything's possible. Yeah, which is kind of cool in a way because he he's got the top job in America. Right, right. You know, could you imagine? You ever think about this? Like, okay, so we all know that. If you get into it with somebody online or in person, you know, you just, it just rolls off your shoulders. Sometimes some of it sticks, but could you imagine just during the course of a day being Donald Trump, all the shit and the hate that you get, he, he, he must love it because yeah. I don't know how anybody could tolerate that. Right. right. You know, it's constant. It reminds me of, uh, in the 1990 NBA finals and Bill Lambeer and he, he, they played Portland and he, you know, he was messing with their heads the entire game and they won and uh, he's walking off the court and everybody's booing him and he stops and he bows. And I thought, what an asshole. That's so fucking great. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. what I feel like Trump does. It's like, I don't know how a human being could possibly sustain a normal life being just that hated. You know, he must, he just doesn't care. And you would have to be an incredible narcissist and egomaniac to not care or to love it right because anybody else would be like why does everybody hate me eventually you'd be like fuck everybody hates me you know yeah yeah he yeah he must just find it as fuel and he must yeah, yeah. he must because that's uh that's a heavy load yeah, it, it really oh, is the heaviest do you think he'll get reelected? oh yeah yeah i do too the, the democrats have nothing to stand on they no, really don't no, they don't who is their best candidate uh, yeah. bernie sanders yeah it's not a great lineup. Yeah, yeah. And I would say Joe Biden, but you know, I think that um, I think that Joe's age, or I think he's starting to show some cracks. You know, unfortunately, yeah. I think they, he's, they yeah. had they had fucking Bill Steyer uh, at the at the debate. Uh, he won. He he essentially paid off an entire state to get on the ballot and to get into the debate <laughs> because well, he's he a is. billionaire. Well, there he is, and another one. <laughs> and he, every time he would open his mouth to say something, he would look right at the camera like deer in a head, like a deer in a headlight. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the, Democrats. This is what this is what you had to work with. Yeah, I know. That, you got a long way to go, it's man. It's not, you know, who's where's <laughs> that? You know, where, where the curtains are going to part and this heavyweight candidate's going to come out at the last minute. But it's not like if people think Hillary, Hillary just took a job, you know, nowhere near Washington. So. Um, I think too, 
I, I hope that people, because I know people get very down about the presidency and the world and everything, but I think there's, there's some positive you can look at it if that's how you feel. This era right now, including the impeachment, has been good for both sides because um, if you're a Republican like and you support Trump, well, you've just been riled up and now you're going to hit the polls and make sure he stays in just to spite them. But if you're, um, if you're on the other side, well, you didn't get him out of office, but you put a pretty big black mark on his scorecard. And even if he gets reelected, I don't think he will happen. Somebody like him will happen again in our lifetime. I just don't, you know, it may not happen, you know, for the second term, but if it does, and it's hard to tell people, just wait it out. And that's eight years. But I just, but I, I think, uh, that the, the, the end of the traditional, um, politician is, is done. You think Trump ended that? Yeah, I th- I think it's kind of done that yeah. these old white guys that have been in politics oh, yeah. for for forty years, right. they were born into it. They've had money, that, right? You know, they they've had this cush life. That's why Trump won all the debates. Yeah, because all these politicians have these cush lives. Yeah, they don't know what the reality is. They don't know how to argue. Right, and they were just in this position. Like, well, I guess it's something to do. He talked straight, you know, um, he, he talked, the thing is, he's not a great public speaker. He's got like a 50 word vocabulary. It's just, it's stunning sometimes how bad he is at speaking. However, that being said, there was something about that, that people found attractive Mm -hmm. because all the other people, including Hillary are so refined, are such good speakers. And I think that style doesn't necessarily resonate with everybody uh-huh. because, you know, a lot of people talk, they probably talk better than Trump, but they kind of down to that like regular guy kind of um, and to wrap, vernacular. And to wrap that back yeah. to your speaking, uh-huh. yeah, you're probably really hyper aware of that. Oh, totally. To wrap, yeah. to wrap it back around and to go full circle. Oh, yeah. That's exactly to right. Back what we were talking about when we first started. Yeah. You know, I am. I'm very hyper yeah. critical so about that So you kind of know what to look like. Yeah. That, that would be interesting. Like, I always ask my buddy because he's a, a sound tech. Yeah. And he creates music. And yeah. he's played guitar for a decade, if not longer. Right. I always ask him, like, what does this sound like to you? Yeah. Does this sound like hack material? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Or does this sound like something very good is know? he honest oh yeah. yeah 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 definitely and and um you know i'll ask him that every now and again like what do you think about this band what do you think about them you know yeah. and he'll give me his honest opinion and um sometimes he's just like yeah sounds good and yeah. that's it yeah you know yeah N- no other yeah he's got the ear for it yeah there was a comedian um who i won't name but who was kind of looking for help she was suddenly having issues um being kind of nervous on stage I reached out to her, and uh, I can't speak to being nervous on stage. I'm not an expert, but just in terms of public speaking in general, there's always some things that you can do. So mm-hmm. a lot of it is just attitude. Um, you know, I know that you've probably heard that one of the mo- the greatest fears of people in general is public speaking, which mm-hmm. makes the fact that you and I and everybody else does comedy even more ballsy. But I've always thought it's always been the theory that I've taught on that the reason for that is specifically an attitude that people before they go up in front of others. They are worried about how they're going to screw up, how they're going to humiliate themselves, and what's going to go bad. Instead of saying, I'm pretty cool, man. I've got some fucking awesome stuff Mm -hmm. to share, and people are going to be like, hey, you're pretty great. And even if you do screw up, 
Nobody remembers. Nobody cares. Everybody's still caught up in their own shit. Nobody's going to be like, you remember that uh, open mic six and a half weeks ago? He was the eighth person that went on the Tuesday. You know, nobody cares. Nobody Nobody gives a shit, you know? I finally come to terms with it, and I think uh, um, you you ever hear of uh, painting with a twist? No. So that's uh, that's a place that a lot of girls go to. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, yeah. and go. you drink wine and yeah. you paint. You and... just do a little art and get a little buzz going. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I come to terms of that's what my comedy is. How's that? I just throw paint up there. Yeah. And it looks like a painting. Yeah. And you take that painting and you put it away. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time, it would haunt me throughout the night. And I was like, why did I say that? Why did I do this? Why yeah. did I do this? Sure. And it would just drive me crazy. Yeah. Now I'm like, nope, that was paint on a on an oh, empty okay. canvas. I like that. You take that painting once it's dry and you throw it away. Yeah. It's, 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 it. it's a moment captured, but it's a moment yeah. that's over. Uh-huh. Yeah. You enjoy over. it and then that's it. Exactly. Um, I'll end it on this. Okay. Um, I guess some kind of advice or some, uh, uh, a little motto, um, to be a professional. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh-huh. A professional is to go into every circumstance with the utmost enthusiasm. Oh. I don't know if you knew that. I like that. Yeah. So all the people that are nervous about what they say, like you were saying, uh-huh. um, to wrap this up. Uh, you can't go into every circ- circumstance with the utmost enthusiasm if you don't know what you're doing. That's a great point. So you can't have a professionalism. That's exactly right. You can't be professional because you haven't got to that point yet. Right. So there's the process. Okay. I like that. And that's it. Um, uh, I'm Simple Joe. Um, go to simplejoeshow.com for all my latest episodes. My blogs are up there. Um, I know it's 2007 and I have a blog, but you know what? I like to write. And if two people read it, they read it. Exactly. If, if not, then I just have something that I wrote. Um, <laughs> go ahead and plug all your stuff. Oh yeah. No, thank you for having me. Uh, this is Jason file Mars. I've enjoyed my time here tonight. Um, thank you everybody for supporting, uh, the podcast and for supporting, uh, local comics. The Detroit Metro area has incredibly talented people so thank you for coming out to see us, and please continue to do that, and please continue to support comedy and uh, the First Amendment and free speech and free assembly. Thank you. And that's it. Thank you. time open all the doors and let you out into the world closing time turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl closing time one last call for alcohol so finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay